Welcome to Speaking of Strong Style, where we discuss the news, issues, and events surrounding New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'm Stephen Conway. With me, of course, is Jeremy Feinstone, contributors to the Fight Game Media Network. We are going to be discussing the New Japan Cup. We didn't have any shows to watch this past week. It's been a little bit strange. Of course, we covered the latest uh, New Beginning earlier in the week, but New Japan Cup is on the way. We're going to be looking at the bracket. We're going to be talking about some new matches that have been announced, uh, some injury information that we have that's going to have an impact on some of the cards coming up. So I see what you did there. Impact. (laughs) A lot of stuff happening still, even though uh, we didn't have a whole lot of in-the-ring stuff and uh, this week uh, since New Beginning and won't uh, until next Wednesday, but uh, still a lot of things to discuss. So with that, your first impressions on this week, the uh, cup bracket coming out, the lineup, all that, just some initial thoughts before we start breaking things down. The bracket is fine. It's it's whatever. We're going to get some matches teased that we're not going to get. We're going to have some layouts here that, you know, probably define the next few months of New Japan booking. It's unexciting. I have a theory about where it could go that is exciting to some people. I'm not sure everyone would love this theory of mine. Um, but I I posted on Chris Samsa's uh, Sport of Pro Wrestling uh, tournament. He's got a thing on his website. If you look up the Chris Samsa on X and other social media, you can find it. And you can enter the uh, New Japan Cup and figure out your bracket and do all that. But back to this, it's like, I was fine with everything. And then we got some injury news today that when we get to it, kind of soured me on a lot of things upcoming. And uh, when we cross that road, I will I will share why I have consternation, Stephen. Well, let's go ahead and do that because I, I would like to get to that because the it's a big deal. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi is out with an ankle injury, and uh, we knew that he had uh, hurt himself a little bit. And they uh, initially announced that he was hurt, and they took him off a show or two, you know, the new beginning uh, in uh, Sapporo. But then it turns out he's out all the way past April because. I believe he was, what, Nick Nemeth? That was going to be uh, one of those shows, wasn't it? Like in April, and, and now that global title match is not going to happen uh, between Tanahashi and Nemeth. I, I'd imagine that something else will be coming up for Nemeth, but uh, the injury to Tanahashi appears to be more severe than initially thought. Uh, Bolton Oleg is going to be taking his spots on the 6th and 7th. Now, Oleg is in the New Japan Cup, so he can't do that forever. Tanahashi was not. Tanahashi was not in the Cup. He was going to be appearing in... Uh, lower card matches uh, throughout the tour, mostly in tags and things like that, where he can make an appearance for the fans as uh, basically in a legend spot. But uh, so Ole can't do all those because he's in the tournament. But uh, on the sixth and seventh, it'll be him, and uh, the rest is is up in the air here. So Tanahashi out, the Nemeth match not happening. The global title is uh, not in flux. We have some information on it. Just so, w- where are you on the, this whole thing? Go ahead and take us through your feelings on this whole situation. Okay. So I'm fine with Tanahashi being injured. Like <laughs> this, this kind of shit happens, right? You are not, not that you want him to be, but no, you no, no. It's like guys getting injured is part of the process. It's the contingency plan. You need to be aware of these things. Yeah. Um, The drops in the bucket for me here are, Nemeth, the way he was introduced in here at Wrestle Kingdom and just kind of shoehorned into plans, 
Hawks. Clearly, they wanted to just get him into a high-level program from the get-go. He has a good match with Finley. And then he gets on the mic and he says, hey, Tanahashi, I want you to be my tag partner tomorrow. And while this is funny, it displays to me kind of a fundamental lack of understanding of what's going on in New Japan at the time. And it says to me, Nick Nemeth is a free agent coming in to wrestle here. He's not really like paying attention to what's going on and what these fans want because Tanahashi, even though he was injured in that match with Riddle, there's no way in hell anyone's going to want him to tag with him on Okada's final night. And losing mm. sight of that and making some type of statement just seemed silly at the time. And there weren't a whole lot of people totally locked in on this and mm-hmm. realizing like, what the hell are you doing trying to like get Tanahashi to tag with you on Okada's night? Maybe that was some type of heel maneuver. Maybe that was some kind of heel teeth. But I don't get any impression from him that he's trying to do anything other than win everybody over and right. try and, like, make with the best guys. Cool. Fun. So, yeah, that's the tag match. And I actually thought that tag match with, uh, you know, uh, Finley and Goto and, uh, that he had. Taguchi. Yeah, Taguchi, Taguchi and Mammoth against Finley and Goto. Could not, which was, could not which get was the original name out of my mouth. Yeah, which was the original plan, because like like yes. you mentioned, it's important it was, to remember when he said, "Hey, Tanahashi, I want a team with you tomorrow." Tanahashi was booked in the Damo Kata match. Yes, and you're just like, what? Like, what mm-hmm. even is this? Just like, be a part of the program. Like, don't make the program about you. Don't try and make this like a bigger thing than it is right now, because you are you are not big enough for this moment right now. Like, we will get there, but just cool your jets. Now we have a match with him, Macklin and uh, Macklin and Nemeth at uh, Sacrifice. I said no surrender at the post show, and it's been, and it's been driving me nuts all week that I got the uh, the name of the uh, the the, the show wrong. wrong. But it's gonna be Sacrifice on March eighth. Okay. It's all but official. So now we have a title match here, but we have nothing in New Japan. They've not set him up for the New Japan Cup. There is no match on the horizon on Sakura Genesis. We have this title that Finley just won and then just lost to a guy that has no matches on the books for New Japan, and it was all completely avoidable. We could have had matches against anyone, anywhere, lower card, anything, you know, open challenge, something, anywhere, El Desperado, I don't know. We could have had, there are so many guys right now not on the card, and we could have had something just pop the crowd, something but it's not according to plan. And it's starting to get frustrating because the plan seems to be sputtering in a lot of ways. You want to stick to the plan in one part, but you're flying by the seat of your pants when you have to put the Band-Aid on the booking in the other part. And it's getting really obvious and it's getting really frustrating. I look at that New Japan Cup bracketing now, and I think Hiroshi Tanahashi was probably supposed to face Hikaleo and not Bolton Oleg. And now Bolton Oleg is in that spot. Perhaps. And then Hikaleo would have beaten him in the first round and then won it. Yeah, I mean, you know, Tanahashi was on the undercard of one of these uh, shows here. So it's hard to say. But uh, when you look at this bracket, go ahead and bring the bracket up there, if you would, please. And uh, when you look at this bracket, there are some 
things that jump out. And first of all is that TV champion Riddle is not in it. Uh, he's too busy talking to Ariel Helwani about how he was doing cocaine while he was on his WWE contract. So yeah, oh, good luck. I'm sure that won you over <laughs> with, with the, with the, t- the TV or not the TV. Yeah. With the TV title sitting there, uh, he's talking about how he was doing Coke when he felt like doing Coke, man. Uh, hey man, viewership, why, right? Why that's how you win the American guy. audience. <laughs> No Matt Riddle, no Nick Nemeth. Now, of course, you know, the, the, those guys are expensive and it's hard to have, you know, there for the whole month and all this kind of stuff. We do get Jack Perry and the Shoto Amino match. We'll talk about that. But after that, there's no Hiromu. There's no, no El Desperado, no juniors at all. So best guys in the hey, junior heavy. Here, here's who's, here's who's not there. All <laughs> those guys aren't there. Who is? Yujiro Takahashi. <laughs> Is Tonga Loa is Chase Owens is, uh, you know, and TJP is well, but, but I'm just talking but about that's how, what people will look at that and say TJP is in this. It's like they are looking at this thinking, like, okay, TJP, Ujiro, like he is among those guys, even on the other side of the bracket, like the, he is not exactly the most exciting guy in this thing, and that's kind of weird, like it just. I'm just I'm putting it in there because he does kind of fall in that category as we talk about it later. Well, I would rather what I was saying is you get Chase. I would gladly switch out Chase Owens and Yujiro Takahashi for El Desperado and Hiromu Takahashi. They got the wrong yes. Takahashi, and yes. I'd much rather see that. But you know, this is what we have, and Tangaloa is is fine. I, I just he's I guess he's just a guy to do trios matches with Hikaleo and Fantasmo for the most part. I don't see them him being pushed. I'd be surprised, but. Uh, you know, it, it's a weak field and uh, Dunstan mm-hmm. has sent in a few questions. Uh, he hasn't joined us yet, but, uh, and, and Colin is here. We're glad to see you Colin and all that, but we're talking about, you know, do you think this is the weakest new Japan cup in years? And absolutely it is like, this is considering who has belts and who is, I don't know who's being pushed. I, I had my rant about that the other day. No one knows who's being, no one's being pushed hard, which means no one's really being pushed and no one's particularly getting over, but uh, except Naito. I mean, we know Naito is. He's not in the tournament either. He's a champion. So, you know, Dunstan says, do you think it was a mistake not having Hiromo or Despi in the New Japan Cup? Yes, it definitely lowers the quality of it. He says, uh, you know, uh, he asked, uh, do you think New Japan could become pro wrestling Noah if they don't book their young talent right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, a b- bunch of 35 to 40-year-old, 45 to 50-year-olds that we've seen a thousand times. We're in danger of all that. And they keep cutting all these guys off of the knees. But again, I did my rant about that a few days ago. But this field is, to me, unimpressive. You wanted you want to say something funny about the field? This okay. is the 2024 field. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's the 2023 field. Take a look at some of those bracketing corners. Sonata mm-hmm. and Kenta on the left. Sonata and Kenta on the left. Maybe in the bottom corner, we got Zat Saber Jr., Great O'Conn over mm-hmm. in, in that kind of field mm-hmm. over on the left. Boy, there's a lot of the same names. Zat Saber. And then go up to the top and you see Shingo Takagi kind of in that little sweet spot right over in the top right. Go back mm. to the other one. Oh, look, Shingo Takagi right in that little <laughs> sweet spot up in the top right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is. If you wanted to use the word uninspired, I feel like people would have an accurate argument for that. 
I looked at this bracket like this looks incredibly familiar to last year. And I hope that they draw upon that in the storytelling for um, the New Japan Cup this mm-hmm. year in which there is some familiarity. You know, I was going down there and I only got through half the side, but you look at 2023 and David Finley wrestled Tangaloa in that one. And he wrestled Tomohiro Ishii uh, twice yeah. last year in the New Japan Cup in the G1. He won all those matches. You know, there, there, there's a sense that, like, if David Finley runs this table, it's not really anything other than, you know, everything that we've already seen before. And I'm not exactly sure we are in a position right now with the War Dogs to just keep business as usual. And I think that there's probably stuff coming down the pike with them that makes a run for David Finley seem actually unlikely for me. And that that's interesting too. So let's look at that because uh, the other name that jumped out to me, that's not in this is Alex Coughlin. And we don't yeah. know what's going on with Alex. He's it's, there are rumors abounding about Alex and his, uh, his, uh, you know, physical health. health. They might yeah. have some injuries. Um, and when, of course I keep going back to that, this jumps out at me now. Uh, Connors and Maloney, Maloney's hurt. He got he, he's he tore his bicep. A lot of that going on. A lot of bicep problems. Uh, but we have uh, Clark Connors is a junior, and as we've already established, there aren't juniors in this tournament, so that's not shocking. Uh, Maloney banged up, uh, so not surprising. Coglin, you know that that's one, and combined with the words we got from David Finlay where he said, and I remember the quote pretty clearly because it kind of made me blink a few times was I was just told today, this is in backstage comments during the new beginning. I was told today that war dogs will never be the same again. And which the absence of Coglin here doesn't bode well. And I, I just hope that Coglin is able to come back because the you know, dude was just getting rolling. And I thought he was an interesting character and, uh, Gabe Kidd is hurt or was recently. It looks like he's okay to come back. So there's a, a lot of, or at least we think he is at this point, or they think he will be by the time that the cup comes around. Yeah. You know, the last time Coughlin was on a backstage comment, he flipped off the camera and then did the sign language for thank you, right? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, you never know. He, what... No, he absolutely did. He, he, well, he, no, uh, he, saying... made a, he made the gesture of thank you and sign language. Well, well, what I was saying is we don't know what he knew then or yeah. suspected about uh, his, yeah. But either way, he made he made the, uh, mm. yeah, he made that moment. Colin said, uh, so Sonata, Evil, Goto, and Zach Sabre Jr. all got buys. Yes, uh, there are we guys have that, that answer for here. you. <laughs> and we do have that answer for you. Uh, as it turns out, these are the four previous New Japan Cup winners in the field. So if you won the tournament before, you get a buy in the first round. That That is how they did that. Uh, rather than, uh, well, you can't go by champions because most of them aren't in it. And uh, what? I mean, the so never champ is in it. Five or six champions within these four buys. Hmm. Yeah, I think Did six. Did two of them what, win twice? Sonata's won twice and Zach's won twice, right? And then Evil and Hikaroki Goto both won once. Yeah, Goto's gone, been to the finals other times, but yeah. I don't think, I think that was his win. Uh, I think he lost to Naito once. And I'd have to go back on, and, and look yeah. all that up. But those are our previous winners, hence the buys in that situation. So, uh, I mean, do we just want to break it down by little quadrants yeah, here? Yeah, you want to about... go down bracketing and talk about... Yeah, we'll do bracketology. I, I, entered, a, I entered an entry uh, into... Uh, Which is what you do with entries. And I can just tell you... 
I, yeah, I just have fun with it. And uh, let's see what we do. Because I just kind of look at it. This is what I would do. Uh, we could just call it our our entry for the cup if you want. Because you don't want your name on the finalist. I'm not sure I want my name on the finalist. But uh... <laughs> I declined to do a bracket this year just because, as I stated a few days ago, I am flummoxed by what i don't know what story new japan is trying to tell anymore so i feel like it's just a a useless exercise for me at this point but someone's got to do it jeremy took the bullet (laughs) i I, uh i decided to find the most interesting path to a winner and i believe that you'll all be calling for my head by the time this is done all right well we're going to start visually in the upper left uh so and and i'll for the folks that are listening to this and don't have the visuals i will read off sonata is the buy so he is not appearing in the first round of this tournament sonata of course won it last year former champion and uh after that we have yoshihashi versus kenta the winner of that will face Sonata. So Yoshihashi and Kenta. After that, the bottom half of that bracket gets uh, more interesting in this way. Uh, we're stuck with Toru Yano versus Yujiro Takahashi in the first round, so we'll have to get through that match. But the winner of that one will face the winner of probably the most intriguing, one of the two most intriguing matchups in the first round. Jack Perry and Shota Umino in facing the main each event other. Of their, of the, in their main event of the cup. Yeah, they've got to be top of the card, right? They are semifinal. They are, the, but but of the the cup final of the cup card. Like yeah, they're they're the, the, they're the, the last they're the last cup match of the night. Right, yes, right, because it's the anniversary show. It's so. a, it's a, yeah. They because we got the rollicking Naito versus Show that night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we have Naito versus Show in the main event, but underneath that, Shoto Umino and Jack Perry. So. Uh, to me, uh, Jeremy, the winner of that Shota Umino Jack Perry match absolutely gets past the winner of Yano and Yujiro. Mm-hmm. And then Yoshihashi Kenta, I don't really see either of them beating Sonata. And this is all just armchair stuff. So Sonata versus the winner of Umino and Perry uh, is where we're pretty confident this ha- this part of the bracket is headed, correct? Yeah. So did you know in singles matchups, Yoshihashi has never beaten Kenta? Hmm. Well, that's interesting, especially considering Kenta has the IWGP World Tag Team Championship and Yoshihashi doesn't right now. Yes, hmm. sir. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Yoshihashi here going on to face Sonata. Okay. We also presumably have Jack Perry versus Shota Umino lined up for Windy City, and we have to have to get a reason to get there. Now, Shota Umino the other day said he was going to Jungle Boy, I'll bitch his ass. And I don't know if he's going to get his opportunity at first crack. By the way, I went back and listened to that. I'm pretty sure he was, that's what he said. I believe he was trying to say, I'll beat his ass. I don't (laughs) care. It worked. Like, I want a t-shirt that said that, Stephen. (laughs) Marketing, I'll tell you. Toriano and Yujiro Takashi. I'm just going to go with Toriano. Like, who cares? Why not? Luke, I, honestly, who cares? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just I feel like we don't need to have Jack Perry the face. We need to have Jack Perry the heel. So yes. Jack Perry and Toriano yeah. seem a little bit more likely. No, uh, makes so sense. then we get so we got Hanada Yoshihashi. Then we have Jack Perry and Toriano. Again, we get to Jack Perry and Hanada, and then we'll move on to the next bracket because we'll get to the. Yeah, the only way I see this coming out differently really is if they had Umino beat Perry and Perry just go ape crap on him to set up something else, you know, just 
or do something to come back and and screw over Shota against in the next round. What you know, just mm-hmm. that's the only way I could see if just he went even more heel on him. Uh, but I, I agree with you. I think that it, it, probably the story is Perry somehow winning this one, and then what we figure in Chicago going back again. Yeah, the uh... I guess that's a guess. Again, New Japan's not really booking logically the way they used to. The idea of having Shota and Jack stateside at some point. There's there's seasoning to having Jack Perry wrestle some matches in Japan. But ideally, you want to make Shota Umino a star. And you mm-hmm. want to change the conversation from Jack Perry and, uh, you know, car windshields and uh, old wrestlers and make it about this. So this is a great conversation about it uh, to to change that. So that's why I'm looking to that, but you have to have a brick wall for for Jack Perry at some point, and he can't get too far in this thing. And I think that's why we have the guy that we had already, and we will get to that when we get there. Colin says if Kenta gave a damn, he could easily get into the finals, in my opinion. And I mean, the old Kenta would have been somebody who would have been made for this tournament. Sure. You know, like the, before the injuries and before the. Uh, NXT run, which for a while was really, really good, by the way. People forget that. There was, there was good stuff in his NXT run until he tore up his shoulder. but uh, And he was never really the same after that. And so, you know, you're looking at that, and yeah, I, right now it looks like Kenta as one half of the tag team champs. It's a good opportunity to uh, make Bishamon a top contender again. And you can always go back to Yoshihashi and Goto if you want to for that. Mm-hmm. It's, again, puzzling. They they had the titles, and then they didn't. You know, like, why if they're going to go right back to him? Three months later, why they lose him in the first? <sighs> Never mind. Bottom, bottom left. This is can we, the. Can we do the top right instead, and then do the bottom left last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank which you. okay. So you want to go over where? Uh, go to Evil's bracket. Evil's bracket. So evil, he is. He has the buy. He's the well, never way to open, never open weight champion, but also a previous tournament winner. So he mm-hmm. is going to be facing the winner of Hikuleo and Bolton Oleg. So uh, intriguing matchup there. We got the young lion in that, and uh, if not, uh, you know, either way, it's a person considered a baby face at this time facing evil in the second round, which is probably smart. And before we break that down further, there is the. Uh, Another really interesting first round match in this part of the bracket, Shingo Takagi facing Yuya Uemura. And Mm -hmm. uh, it'll be a look at uh, Uemura since the head uh, shaving thing. Also, uh, just a match against Shingo Takagi is always going to be important. The winner of that one will face the winner of Gabe Kidd and Callum Newman. Hopefully Kidd is healthy again. Uh, and uh, Callum Newman, of course, has uh, really been turning it on. He's been impressive. So I expect Kidd absolutely to, to beat him because Newman just isn't presented as mm-hmm. that level yet. Although, again, you know, New Japan Cup upset specials are possible. Uemura, seeing what is going on with Uemura post-head shaving, to me, is one of the more interesting aspects of the first round of this tournament. And he's facing... You know Shingo freaking Takagi here, so uh, that, that that to me is a uh, that has my interest. I'll, I'll be watching that one carefully. Yeah, so I definitely agree with you that Gabe Kidd and Callum Newman have some upset special potential, uh, but I am going to lean toward Gabe Kidd uh, winning that match because I think that there has to be a little more spark to the card on the 13th than Callum Newman just yet. Uh, 
And that's no dig to Callum Newman. He's already won over crowds, especially with the match with the Sheehy back in December on the road to new beginning matches. It's just, I don't think it's his time yet. Uh, and I don't think he is the member of the United Empire that's going to be going, uh, that has the potential in this thing. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm just going to hold off on him for now. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Gabe Kidd. And then with Yuga Urimura and Shingo Takagi, I just think we are in the teardown portion of Yuga Uimura's career, and Shingo Takagi is going to move past him. Yeah. So we shall get Shingo and Gabe Kidd at some point. And I'm just going to just say it's going to be a fantastic match, <laughs> and Shingo Takagi will likely win that one according to according to what I was looking at. But okay. if Gabe Kidd won it, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked. You know what I mean? If just the fans win at that point. Uh, yeah. Hickaway over Bolton Oleg, who may have been Tanahashi, if I'm reading the tea leaves right, uh, gets stopped by Evil. Then we have Evil versus Shingo Takagi in the semifinals. Which could set up potentially putting Shingo Takagi back in the never open weight title yes. uh, picture if you want to. Or you could yeah. just have Evil go all the way to the semifinals with the idea of have that one heel that nobody wants to win threatening it, you know, mm-hmm. getting within a breath of it just so that the fans can sit there and just go, Oh, it's not going to be him. Is it, you know, that, that little feeling of that tension, the little tension of dread in there uh, is, is good for drama. Or like you said, Shingo Takagi might win this thing too. Could, another side of it. So that, that one could go either way. All right. Cause they so, have teeth. They absolutely have teeth LIJ matchups throughout the year. Yeah. And it is something that we also want to see if some of these, Maybe you get to knock these out once in a lifetime or uh, while they're all together, or maybe you wait until they all break up and then you do it then. But it doesn't this is going like to come. This will come into play in the next part of the bracket we're going to talk about because it is an opportunity, the cup, to have a big match for the world title between faction mates that doesn't involve splitting up the faction. You can't have a member of LIJ win this thing challenge Tetsuya Naito without it being a huge turn. Hey, I won the cup. Right. You're the champion. Here we go. So it is an opportunity. It doesn't mean they will, and they, they haven't much in the past. There's not a big history of them doing that, but it is an opportunity to do so. Yeah, it was my hope and dream initially to have Hiromu Takahashi and uh, hmm. Naito do this kind of match. But I guess, you know, there's no plan for Hiromu to be anything other than a junior heavyweight at this point. And if he's going to face two junior heavyweights in back-to-back title defenses or whatever, like they're looking at it at the anniversary show, which show um, that isn't uh, that isn't a, a rousing start to his title reign, being a Sonata defense, a show defense, and then uh, another junior heavyweight. So they're probably looking for somebody representing – more of a heavyweight in this and, you know, creating that cachet. So, and Hiroma wasn't the guy this time. But creating a guy within LIJ to challenge for him absolutely should be something in this uh, in this reign of Naito's. Bottom right. Let's go to that one. And that is Zach Saber Jr.'s bracket. So, Zach is moving on to the second round no matter what. He will face the winner of Taichi and Ren Narita. Now, this is where I think they're just flat out teasing us. Because I think they want to dangle the idea of the Techers wrestling each other in the second round. I think we're going to get Ren Narita screwing over Taichi in that one. Uh, But on the other side of that one, uh, so again, uh, Ren versus Taichi, winner gets Zach. 
Okay. The other side uh, is El Fantasmo and Mikey Nichols from TMDK. Another opportunity, Jeremy, perhaps for someone to beat one half of a tag team title holding team and set up a shot, TMDK against Fantasmo and Hickle, if they want to, or it could just simply be Fantasmo moving on. The winner of that match will be Yoda Suji and Jeff Cobb. So Yoda Suji and Jeff Cobb is uh, an intriguing little matchup here in the first round. Uh, and, and another one that you can make a case either way for. Uh, Suji just coming off one of his big wins, that hair versus hair match. Jeff Cobb's Jeff Cobb. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to give Yoda Suji a little something because one of these guys has to, you know, have something coming you out of this. Think. I don't you think you think. did. And you I don't think Yoda's. And this is the last, this is the uh, third night, and we got two of these young guns in here. Uh, it's entirely possible Jeff Cobb puts him down very quickly, and I wouldn't be shocked. But I'd be disgusted. I'm leaning towards Yoda because I think you have to give the Japanese fans a little bit more. All right, so that would make uh, Yoda Suji against the winner of Phantasmo Hikaleo. What do you and... think, El Phantasmo? I kind of thought El Phantasmo. Yeah. I also thought yes. it was weird that Shane Haight announced his bookings were completely free in March, the day before these brackets were announced. Right, and and in fact, uh, Nichols is teaming with Zach on the undercard of a lot of this. So that, that's strange, isn't it? Uh, that's That's weird. Just didn't have room on the bracketing, so maybe they thought they had more people that they don't have. So uh, and it could be they, a cost-cutting thing too. You know, you know we'll, we'll talk about like some Coughlin of the Bush. weren't available, so guy on the other side had to go, and then you know, you know, if two guys aren't available, two more guys have to go to get the bracketing to work. It just kind mm. of it's the economics of, of this layout. So, mm. uh, all right. I got Yoda Suji and El Fantasmo. I got Renderita and Zach Saber Jr. I got Zach Saber Jr. and Yoda Suji. Okay. All right. So Zach and you think it'll be Zach and Yoda moving on uh, from that one. All right. So it's, we're down to our last little brag and we will talk about the semifinals and the finals here, but we want to get the early stuff out of the way. So on this end of the brag, this is the Hiroki Goto end of it, uh, his quadrant. Goto moving on to the second round, having won the tournament before. He will face the winner. Oh, here's a tease for you. Tomohiro Ishii against Chase Owens. All I am asking is to get Ishii and Goto in the second <laughs> round. I just want to see it. Hopefully we will. Um, so uh, that's what I'm rooting for. On the other half of the bracket, we have Tangaloa against Great Okan. Man, I'm hoping that's great Okan. I mean, <laughs> the poor guy. Uh, unless he's getting punished for the whole thing with Okada, and I and I don't, we don't even know that that wasn't part of the plan. We we don't know that. We were we're just. It was so weird that he just did that whole King of Pro Wrestling thing. But uh, you know, Tangaloa, great Okan. I, I would I would hope that would be great Okan. The other half of that, David Finlay against TJP. Now this, Jeremy, caught your eye. For a few reasons. And huh. uh, tell us about this, because you have a perspective on this that the vast majority of people didn't take. And you explained it briefly to me before we went on the air, uh, but uh, you have me intrigued. So go ahead and tell the folks uh, a little bit of what you were telling me earlier. Well, Stephen, what I was telling you earlier was that I believe that TJP is the upset special for this entire tournament. And I kind of think that TJP is going to win 
a lot. He is going to beat David Finley, and it is going to be the upset special of the entire tournament. The internet is going to explode on the 7th when <laughs> they wake up and they find out that TJP has beaten David Finley. Why do I think that this is the case? Go ahead. TJP has a new gimmick that was de- uh, that was debuted at Wrestle Kingdom. It's the Aswong, which is a supernatural creature that is summoned and or levels him up to a degree that is both mythical and video game-like. TJP also has a pedigree in going very, very far in tournaments like the Cruiserweight Classic against other people like Kota Ibushi and Zack Sabre Jr. You've got that. With that said, TJP just lost to David Finley in San Jose in a great 13-minute match. It was a very good match. I am not necessarily sure the results are going to be the same while the War Dogs are in a teardown right now. And David Finley has declared that if he wins this, he's going after the Global Cup, the Global title rather than the uh, IWGP title. They've already advertised that the winner of this is going to face uh, Naito at Sakura Genesis. Mm-hmm. TJP has also said in backstage comments that he is going to heavyweight and that he is going to make his stand and he is going to have uh, a presence here. With the absence of Will Ospreay, there is a philosophy in New Japan booking about plug and play. Next man up. You're the guy. And TJP does have a lot of the qualities that they saw in Will Ospreay as a high-flying baby face that can work long matches. And <laughs> yeah, he's okay, laughing. Colin, <laughs> he's laughing because Colin says, "Oh, please be right, Jeremy. I'm begging TJP to be Jay White Light." Is how he said. You know, they have a role for Finley as a Gaijin heel. They have a role for Zach Saber Jr. as one of the top baby faces. But they had room for another top Gaijin, and I think that's where TJP is headed. And I think this is his. Uh, this is his uh, debutante debut, if that makes any sense. We are going to see something for TJP. And, hey, listen, next week, if this doesn't work out for me, I'm going <laughs> to eat the biggest bag, and I'm going to be so happy for it because I'm not sure this is a great idea. But I think that, But I think that when I look at this, I see TJP having – having some momentum, and I think it's going to start with him beating David Finley uh, right out the gate. With that said, so you think TJP is moving through this bracket here and he will make the semifinals. You believe... Yes, I think he will beat David Finley. I think Great O'Conn will beat Tangaloa, and then we will have TJP versus Great O'Conn, which will be one of those symbolic, yes, I can beat the biggest guy in my stable kind of match uh, that kind of is one step towards the elevation. At the same time, Tomohiro Ishii faces Chase Owens, and then we have Ishii versus Goto. Uh, I don't think that they want to do Owens versus Goto uh, because they're already going to do Yoshihashi versus Kenta, and that's enough for them presumably to challenge the tag titles at some point. Yeah. So we get what you want, Tomohiro Ishii versus Hiroki Goto, but I think we end up with TJP versus Hiroki Goto. 
Okay. And so with TJP moving on. And on the other side, we had uh, Sonata coming out of that, his part of the bracket, right? We weren't going to totally shut Jack him down. I think Jack Perry was – I think Jack Perry's purpose is to further the feud of Shota Umino, so there's no purpose in the cup beyond that. You get three matches with him, and he which is, wins two and loses one. He has already lost to Sonata at last year's Forbidden Door. There's no issue with him losing again right here and now to Sonata. So with that said, Sonata and TJP on uh, your end of the bracket, they're on the left-hand side of the bracket for yes, the cup finals. Now let's go on to the other side. Dunson says it feels uninspired booking with that, with the tag belts. Uh, Bishamon uh, wins it, but yeah, well, yeah, I, it, you know, that's, that's, I, I, we'll see what they do with that. And, but that's just a theory. It's, it just seems set up for there to be some sort of a Bishamon run at uh, the uh, Bullet Club team on the other side. We had what uh, evil uh, extent going out of ways, and you also had Shingo Takagi. I had evil and Shingo Takagi, and I think Shingo Takagi is going to beat evil and move on to the final four, which will set him up at some point for a match with evil for the never title. And then on the bottom half of the bracket, you can do uh, we have Zack Sabre Jr., and you think Yoda Suji, correct? I think Yoda Suji is the guy to do it. Um, but I, again, you know, it's like, yeah, I think it's Yoda Suji and Zack Sabre Jr. And then we get Zack Sabre Jr. going over. And you think Zack is going to go to the finals and face Sonata or TJP? You think TJP? No, I think Shingo is going to be Zack Sabre Jr. Shingo going to the finals. Shingo okay. versus TJP. I think so too. To me I, be yeah. a great match. Because that will have TJP beating two former IWGP world champions, also a New Japan Cup winner, another New Japan Cup winner. And there is a lot of pedigree to put him on the map as a firm heavyweight main eventer if he goes that route and put somebody that New Japan can establish. That frankly speaking, AEW is not interested in him. WWE is not interested in him. He's going to be around doing New Japan stuff, and he can he can be someone that they can build around uh, as you know a veteran. He's been doing this for twenty years. You All know? right. So, so with that in mind, Shingo Takagi on one side. Who's he going to face in the finals? TJP. Okay. All right. And you have and who TJP do you think is winning? winning. God help me, Stephen. I've got TJP winning this whole thing. All right. I'm going to take Shingo Takagi, uh, by the way. Okay. I, I think I think this is how they're going to set up uh, Shingo and uh, and uh, Naito. But I, again, I, I don't know what story New Japan is trying to tell here. So this is why I didn't fill out a bracket. I don't really have a strong read on what's going on. Clearly, I'm not sure they do. So Plug and play, baby. This is uninspired yeah. <laughs> booking to reset the, reset the landscape rather than give us like immediate interesting feuds and you you know what i mean like this is oh i know what you mean i, I know all, this is this is landscaping this is not decorating i know for sure that i would much rather be watching shoto umino defend the never open way title against jack perry than another evil run but i know that that's what i'd much rather be watching right now so, uh, and i'd certain i damn sure would rather be watching el desperado against tetsuya naito instead of show so uh, my friend John, uh, he he was texting me and listening to the show on Monday, and he was talking to me about this, and he was saying that 
he really thinks that they went heavy on the House of Torture because there is so much uncertainty about who in Bullet and the War Dogs is available. You've yeah. already got Drew Maloney with a torn bicep. You don't know how healthy Coughlin is. Gabe Kidd, you know, presumably is wrestling here. Clark Connors is around, but you know, like there's not exactly a purpose for him. They're holding the titles, and those titles are somewhat in absentia until they figure out what's going on with everybody who, what, where, why, then. So this whole heavy on the house of torture makes sense because there's no other evil heel group in New Japan right now. With the way those guys are getting hurt, by the way, I would put Clark Connors in bubble wrap until Super Juniors. <laughs> Just make sure he's there for Dunstan says, I'm going for a gamble. Gabe Kidd, if he's staying, should win the New Japan Cup. And that kind of speaks to what we were talking about is that we're not I, I mentioned that David Finlay might have gone into a holding pattern by losing that global title just because they're not totally sure who are in the war dogs right now. Mm-hmm. And th- until that's ironed out, there's not a whole lot of point in giving anyone a big shove and a push there of all the weird cut them off at the knees booking from uh new beginning. That one bothered me the least, I suppose. Uh, Desperado drove me insane. So did, Shota, but uh, yeah, that that was a, a thought there. So never count uh, out New Japan, I guess. Okay, Scott, Scott, uh, oh, Scott Edwards is here from uh, Five Star Joshi Show and all the uh, the the programming about uh, Joshi wrestling. He says, "Hey, I was on this show last year." Yeah, that's right. He did do Brectology with us. Jack Perry beating Shota oh, Umino sorry. is the end for me. <laughs> is the end of me. He says the end of me. Uh, well, I mean, I think I I don't think that's going to be the finale. I think eventually Shota is going to go over, but I do think it's going to be probably in a big match in Chicago or somewhere else down the road. I'm not saying it has to be Chicago, but this seems like the Jack Perry going over on Shota so that Shota can go and get his hands on him in a bigger place. That's what I'm hoping. Scott, tell me that you loved all bitches ass. I know you did. Oh, bitches ass. Oh, gosh. All right. So a couple other questions right here. Uh, Dunstan asked this one, too. With the amount Sorry, of people YouTube, injured. YouTube, if you get mad at us. I didn't mean it. <laughs> Should New Japan ask for some talent from other promotions? You got to pay them then. And and one of the things that we're going to talk about is the business end for uh, Bushi Road. And uh, Q4 was ugly. Q4 was ugly. Yen is down. Business was down. It's uh, There's not a lot of cash floating around. So while I would love to just say get all these new people, me too, Dunstan, I, you know, uh, and we all, the same names we've been tossing around for weeks right here, uh, they might not have the cash right now. Might not have the money to pay a whole bunch of people coming in. And uh, that's that's a, could end up being a factor. Yeah, I got nothing. Okay. <laughs> so let's run down what is going on at the anniversary show on March 6th. And then we're going to talk about March 7th. Those are the two shows that will happen before we reconvene here next week. And it's the first two nights of the cup also gives us some uh, ideas of other things that are going on in the company. And then we're going to get into some news and notes uh, because we, look we at it. it. Look at the amazingness of our main event. <laughs> oh boy. Tetsuya Naito and show. Uh, and Oh, Scott is saying, uh, Someone tell New Japan to call Luke Jacobs. Can't stress it enough. Oh, there are a lot of people advocating for that one. And sure. uh, they absolutely should. I watched that Rev Pro show. He he was the good with JJ Gale. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean there there is talent. I think that a lot of the the Rev Pro might be a smart way to go because those guys probably aren't asking for nearly the money that some of the guys in America are. And you know, that 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 could help. 
but uh, but still, you, you still run into the same situation with the yen versus the pound that you do with the yen versus the dollar, maybe even worse. But uh, yeah, uh, so okay, uh, New Japan show, the anniversary show, Naito versus show, uh, non title, nothing's on the line here, just a match between the two of them. So you'd imagine Naito gets uh, the win. And uh, Colin says it's the worst main event they could have booked here. I well, I, I think Sonata versus Show might have been worse, but I get your point. <laughs> this is I, this is pretty I bad. This am is pretty bad. Underwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jack Perry it versus Show. Look, it, I expect it to be a twenty-minute comedy match. I expect a lot of House of Torture bullshit, but I also oh, expect yeah. Naito, frankly, to be positioned as the new god of New Japan that can overcome everything and everyone and all bullshit. Everything that Okada could do a week ago. If now that power is now been transferred to Naito, like he will not be, he will not, he will not brook such bullshit. Jack Perry will face Shota Umino. That's a New Japan Cup match. We will also have uh, Kenta versus Yoshihashi in the Cup. Winner will face Sonata in the second round. Then we will get uh, Yano and Yujiro, with the winner getting Umino and Perry. Of course, we're going from the top down here. So by the time we get to Perry and Umino. We will know if it's going to be Yano or Yujiro. Probably going to tell you a little bit more about who wins, too. Uh, just five guys against House of Torture in uh, a uh, all-skate here. That is Sonata, Doki, Uemura, and Taichi against Evil, Ren Narita, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, and Dick Togo. Just in case you wondered who was going to go over on that one. Uh, so Dick Togo's in the match. On uh, the other side, we have a six-man tag with Callum Newman teaming with Catch 2-2, so Akira and TJP. Akira is on the tour, just not in the cup. Against the War Dogs, that's Ghetto, Finlay, and Gabe Kidd. So there you have that. And uh, after that, El Desperado, Tomohiro Ishii, and Hiroki Goto with Bolton Oleg instead of Hiroshi Tanahashi. They'll face Bushi, Shingo Takagi, Yoda Suji, and Hiromu Takahashi. As I mentioned, that was supposed to be uh, Tanahashi in that one. We'll also see a tag match underneath. This is interesting. Mikey Nichols and Zack Sabre Jr. as TMDK mm-hmm. against Hikaleo and El Fantasmo, which will probably be a pretty good match. And Homa and Tangaloa will face the Great Okan and Jeff Cobb in the opener. Life is pain, says Scott, with Yano versus Yudro. Yeah, we mentioned that, too. We just said we're just going to have to get through this together. We're just going to feel like we're just going to get Yano, like, taping up Yudro against the thing and getting some sense of shade and fraud satisfaction that somebody in House of Torture gets their comeuppance somewhere in the last couple weeks because it's all been House of Torture all the time. And so this might just be the little bit of happiness that we get that somebody is – Handled, even if it's Toro Yano, the most impervious face of them all. That will probably be uh, my sandwich match in there, I'd imagine. So, sure. Uh, On on March 7th, this is another bad. That was in the Oda War Gymnasium. That's the Oda War Gymnasium, is of course where they're going to do the uh, anniversary show. It's where the very first New Japan pro wrestling show ever was. And uh, so they're going back there for the anniversary. On Tuesday, March 7th, they're back at Corican Hall, our home away from home. And that one will have TJP versus Finlay on top. So there you go. Upset special, baby. <laughs> it's uh, all right there. <laughs> semifinal. The semifinal. Tangaloa versus Great Okan. But the winner gets TJP and Finlay, I guess. So there you have it. Then if we'll Great have... Okan wins this, everybody's going to think Finlay's going to win the match. The, the main event. <laughs> Tomohiro Ishii against Chase Owens. The winner getting... Uh, Hiroki Goto with a bye. If Ishii loses, we riot. 
I mean, yo, Riot, I will depressingly accept the reality of the situation and talk about it later to, later that afternoon on the podcast. I'm writing. No, I'm this. It'll this just be me in my happen. house. But no. This match will happen, everybody. And then you can join us every week at 5.30 p.m. Eastern on Fight Game Media's YouTube channel where we will recap the New Japan Cup every Thursday uh, as part of our coverage on the YouTube channel. So please join us every 5.30, every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern for Speaking of Strong Stuff. Thank you. All right. Don't forget also, if you're listening on the podcast, to uh, like, subscribe, uh, like and subscribe. You do that on YouTube, but uh, rate us, leave us a review. It helps yeah. people find the show. And most importantly, if you know a New Japan curious friend, uh, word of mouth is the best way to get uh, the, anything out uh, when it comes to art. So, uh, And here we are. Dunstan Williams says, seriously, Luke Jacobs would be worth the money than Riddle long term. Yeah, I, well, I agree with you. And you know how my, I feel about club. Riddle. I, I don't think Riddle should have been here in the first place. I'd much rather be watching uh, Luke Jacobs. So. Make him a uh, war dog. He'd be a great war dog. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But uh, hey, we have our own theory about who might be another war dog. Coming. I, 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 there's a bullet in the chamber. You know who I'm talking <laughs> about. <laughs> uh, before that match, though, before we get to the cup matches on the seventh, we will have the 910th meeting between Lij and just five guys. And my only note in this match is, why can't we be done with this? <laughs> I don't understand why we're still doing these. Uh, then we'll have Honma, El Desperado, and Yo. Uh, now we're getting into some prelims here where a, a guy in each match is going to tell you who wins this series. So Honma, Desperado, and Yo against Shota, and Shota Umino, excuse me, against uh, Evil, Sho, Kanemaru, and Ren Narita. And then we get into some other things here, some pre, uh, prelims. Uh, Ishii Kid, uh, what? No, Ishimori, Gabe Kid, and Kenta will be facing uh, Callum Newman, Jeff Cobb, and Francesco Akira. We will also see Yano and Makabe, Togi Makabe, against Nichols and Sabre. So, again, TMDK without Shane Haste. So, Nichols and Sabre. And then we'll have uh, Bolt Noleg stepping in for Tanahashi again, teaming with Bishima. So, Yoshihashi and Goto teaming with Bolton uh, against Jado, Fantasmo, and Hikuleo. So, that's going to be the opener on the 7th. Steven? Yo. I've had many things to say about New Japan World and the way that it works now, and both good and bad. I will say these two cards, the matches listed on here, is the exact reason why we now have match-by-match choice on the <laughs> New Japan shows and not just up and down the card. You know that there are people that are going to want to cherry-pick a few of these matches only and only the diehards. And the people that have podcasts like you and I that will be watching everything, everything, everything on this card. But let's be clear, it will really only be the New Japan Cup matches that people will be really focused on right now. And that's fair. You know, it's like New Japan Cup should be the most important thing going on in New Japan. And I'm not even sure it even feels that way. We will watch, uh, so you don't have to, basically. So, uh, But I, I will be watching all of it, and I'll be taking notes and things, so we'll, we'll be ready. Uh, also, uh, worth noting, by the way, here is an IWGP championship that we have some information on. Uh, so that, that is all going on 6th and 7th, and we'll be back on the 7th, so we'll be talking about everything going forward uh, after that a little further. But we do know that Julia, who uh, just defeated Natsuko Toru, Tora, uh, in a uh, wonderful no disqualification match at uh, Cork and Hall, really good match. 
kept the NJPW strong women's title, but has been challenged again and will face Stephanie Vacare in Corican Hall for the NJPW strong title. Now, You've we assume that, right? <laughs> we assume at some point Julia's got to lose this thing because she's very publicly said that she's free as a bird. She is uh, leaving stardom and going off. Uh, we presume to help uh, Rossi Ogawa with his new promotion, and then perhaps on to WWE after that. But at some point, she's got to lose this belt. I'll tell you what, that match Jeremy had uh, with Tora had a very interesting uh, feel to it in the crowd because you could tell a lot of the crowd thought they were seeing the title switch, right? Because any titles, any title match from Julia is in, in, the belts in severe jeopardy just because you figure she's got to drop it on the way out, right? So this could be it. This could be it. But the next uh, defense of the NJPW Strong Women's Championship at Corrigan Hall on what is a big weekend for stardom, by the way, these shows on the 9th and 10th, pretty exciting stuff going on, Adam. Uh, but Julia against Stephanie Vacare, who's uh, been doing wonderfully in, in CMLL and coming over to Corican to challenge. She's the right choice. Uh, in all honesty, she's, <laughs> that been, the switch. she's been uh, grinding hard on all these strong shows. And... It, <sighs> I didn't know about the crazy personal life that she has. Uh, well, with... uh, if you don't know, like one of the new uh, Dinamitas uh, tried to kill her. And, like is in jail for attempted murder. Quatrero, uh, Quatrero. from AAA. Yeah. Uh, she is She is a survivor. And she is, yeah, she is impressive in, in many different ways. Yeah. And like... We all just need to get behind this one because she she is in fact something special. And we talk about finding these diamonds in the rough here and there and everywhere and giving them the opportunity and the platform. And Stephanie DeVacur is her. Like I I I need to beat I, I'm gonna beat the drum on this one a little bit because from the moment I saw her in that tournament last year for this title, it was like where the hell did you come from? And when are we going to get to see more of this talented wrestler? So, uh, they're, they're, yeah, this will be a good one. And, you know, I, I saw her challenge Mayu Iwatani for the yeah. uh, IWGP Women's Championship, and it was real good and uh, enjoyed that thoroughly. I mean, I was kind of thunderstruck seeing Iwatani myself, but Vakera did very well in that match. Iwatani carried her higher than, than Vakera, I think, usually gets. Vakera is good. Iwatani is one of the greatest ever. So, I mean, Absolutely. it was a heck of a match. And uh, but Vicari is in there with Julia, who's one of the best in the world. There's no reason why this shouldn't be fabulous. Uh, so it should there be a terrific are, match. There are divisions in pro wrestling and like dividing lines now. Stardom and Rossi Ogawa's new promotion, where Stardom ends up working with in the states, who Rossi Ogawa ends up working in the states, who Julia will be loyal to coming down the line. These new these new faces that are making their way, this match should be one of the most important matches of 2024 for women's wrestling because it will put a new face on the map that, you know, we are trying to put people on the come up. We are trying to put women's talent on the come up. And it's just, we just need to make it happen. And this is, this is a golden opportunity. Well, there are some good signs because 
Uh, they are also going to be doing a uh, an all women's show at uh, Friday night in CMLL for the first time. Uh, the Friday night show at Arena Mexico is going to be an all women's show coming up in March, and that's uh, the, they've done it before on other nights and in other towns. But Arena Mexico. Do you think? Do you think that this is a rematch? Julia tries to challenge for it. And, uh... I think that I think that Friday is before this, though. I think that oh. I think that Friday night show was before this. I'd have to double check. I thought I thought this was on the tenth, and yeah. then they were doing that show. Oh, I'm sorry. I have a friend going to see Arena Mexico on the twenty second, and I got hmm. that date in my head for that reason. My bad. <laughs> Scott is uh, saying this is a big win for me. Vaquera is a champion, and I hopefully don't have to see this purple belt in Japan for a while. Yeah, hopefully they can bring it back uh, this this side, which is where the strong belt should be. IWGP should be over there. Well, by the way, on the ninth in Corican Hall, uh, I'm excited as hell about this one. First of all, Natsupoi's back. We love the murder pixie. She is teaming back up with Sayori Anu, and she is facing Chihiro Hashimoto. And get ready for it, Saray. Nice. Finally in a stardom ring, which is pretty awesome. Uh, and she's been on the independent scene in Japan since uh, being completely bungled by Shawn Michaels, the, the dime store cowboy and uh, all the rest there. So uh, at uh, NXT, who uh, I guess think that she was an anime character or something. I, I, the less said about that crap from them, the better. So uh, yeah. <laughs> Pretty good stuff coming. Uh, so, yeah, well, Dunstan says, sorry to, to start him, please. Well, I mean, she's going to be there. She's going to wrestle Poi and uh, Anu. So uh, with that, uh, we have some other news and notes now uh, that we want to get to. Uh, April 6th is Sakura Genesis. That's uh, back at Sumo Hall. Naito will face the New Japan Cup winner there. So that's the only match we have uh, right now for uh, Sakura Genesis. But we know that that is at Sumo Hall, Ryogoku Kukujikan, on April the 6th. Who could it be? The outline tells you it could be a young lion. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's about as generic as an outline as it gets, isn't it? Boy, that's a that is wrestler uh, right there. So, uh, and, uh, uh, I got another correction from last week. I said, oh God, "What do we screw up now?" I said that Zack Saber Junior was going to be wrestling in a Noah match. It's in fact DDT. DDT. That he was I thought you said DDT. I think I said Noah, and I had to make sure that I got it right. Okay. So he will be April 7th, DDT, which will take him out of any planning whatsoever for any of the WrestleMania weekend shows, Ring of Honor, mm. anybody whatsoever. Zack Sabre Jr. is staying in Japan. Yeah, but look at the team he's facing. He and Chris Brooks facing uh, Mao and Yuki Ueno. Those are two good-looking dudes mm. there. So we also have a title match this weekend that – you know, we don't really consider it much of a New Japan title, but it is, in fact, a New Japan title match this weekend with Eddie Kingston versus Brian Danielson. Could be a pretty fantastic match. Steven, are you going to plan on watching it? No, but uh, I'm, I'm going to hear all about it, I'm sure. I, 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 don't I will really report do the... back for us both. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, not a knock on AEW, but no, I'm not going to be able to uh, to watch this one live right yeah. there. So, that, uh, But uh, I, I understand. I sometimes uh, I have to watch shows that you can't make. <laughs> right, yeah, and, the, and vice versa. We, we tend to divide the labor here. But uh, Sam from Power Bombshells is going to be there live in Greensboro. She's going to be at Sting's final match. She's, going to, she's making the trip to Greensboro for this one. So uh, Power Bombshells, 1 p.m., on uh, Sunday and uh, make sure uh, you get to hear her uh, talk about that. I, I mean, that should be terrific. It's going to be exciting. Uh, let's see. Uh, Later on tonight, we have a match that you're going to be super excited about. Are you ready for this one? Oh boy. I'm cracking my knuckles. Matt Riddle versus bad dude Tito. 
<laughs> All right. Well, I have conflicting feelings about this because this could be awesome. Uh, bad this news, is, you know, this is MLW, correct? This is an MLW, right? This is MLW, but it is, in fact, a New Japan sponsored match. It is a New Japan World Television title match that okay. will be tonight on Triller TV. Yeah. And this was set up last week uh, on the shows with Matt Riddle talking to Zach Saber Jr. and Zach Saber Jr. saying, hey, you got to go through one of the TMDK guys. And this is that TMDK guy that he has before we're setting up Matt Riddle and Seth Saber Jr. at some point. Got it. So that is at the Melrose Ballroom. Yeah. There is a show the same weekend as Windy City Riot, but it is on the other side of the world. Do you think that the same people wrestling on Windy City will be wrestling in uh, Taipei on the 14th uh, of April in Taiwan? Uh, yeah, it's, that's possible. They'll send some people over there. Looking at the poster they've made for that event in Taipei, there are some folks. I, there might be a little bit of overlap, but not a whole lot. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they're, yeah I, it's possible. Yeah. Yeah, so that's really interesting. That to me said, "Oh, they're uh, they're really uh, they're really going to try and split the card and and see what they can do with uh, splitting that roster." And with a depleted roster right now, I kind of think it's bold, but at the same time, you know, New Japan yeah. can do what it wants. Yeah. Okay. So that's a uh, yeah. I'm looking at the. Okay, so that Melrose Ballroom is is that in Manhattan? No, it's not. Okay. All right. I was like, why well, do I know what that was? You know what I just learned, by the way, Jeremy? You know I'm a venue nerd, right? You are a venue, venue nerd? nerd? A wrestling venue nerd. You know, like I'm, I'm always interested in the arenas and all this kind of stuff. But yes, I, I, found I it. do know this about you. You know the Hammerstein Ballroom where ECW was a lot? You know, they, they had their events at the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York. And Raw, in the early days of Raw, was taped in the Manhattan Center in New York. Uh, that was the very... The, that, Kind of the thing. I had the overhanging balcony, the small building, like the the, the real cozy, very early Monday Night Raws. Sure, were at that uh, same building. Those are just two different rooms in the same building, the Manhattan <laughs> Center and the Hammerstein Ballroom. It's in the same complex, right down from Macy's the, on Thirty Fourth. Probably how they found it in the first place. <laughs> Maybe it is. Yeah, they just stumbled across. It. Uh, how, is is that one cheaper? <laughs> yes, Hammerstein's cheaper, Paul. Okay, we'll take that. One. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's see. We'll, I just anyway, that's an aside. News and notes. I wanted to get into this. First of all, we found out that Azmi and Mina Shirakawa are going to be at the Windy City Riot. That was announced this past week. So Mina Shirakawa, we just saw her at uh, the new beginning against uh, Mayu Iwatani. And, uh, of course, Azmi, who's one of the great high-speed wrestlers and uh, someone I believe should be pushed a little harder than she has been. Never mind all that. But uh, she is going to be uh, – she's great. And we actually saw her – what was it with uh, – with Mercedes and Hazuki, I believe, in a match uh, yep. last year. So, uh, or before, Triple obviously, time. before injury. But yeah, uh, anyway, Azmi and Mina Shirakawa coming to Chicago. As well uh, as Stephanie Becker. Mina there to speak a little English, probably, <laughs> to help uh, mm-hmm. Azmi out. Uh, but Mina's terrific, too. Uh, we know that Tamatanga looks like he's headed to WWE, Jeremy. It looks like that's, uh, that is indeed where he's going. I felt, we like, don't know I, if- I felt like I knew where he was going to head up next. And it's just it's all lining up for uh, young Tamatonga with his career ahead of him. I'm very, I'm very happy young, for him. Young Tamatonga, <laughs> perhaps an NXT learning the ropes. Yeah. This is the one. Uh, that's also something that that uh, Dunstan said. Are are we worried that they're turning into Noah with some, with all these old? I was just thinking, like we were just saying, you know, who needs a turn? Shingo Takagi and Taiichi. 
and we're right. And we're all excited. The idea of Shingo and Taichi, they're both over 40. Like, like Taichi's almost my age and like he's like 44 and yeah. Shingo's 41. I think, I mean, new talent guys, new, new talent. Like, this is what happens when you have Okada on top is that the window is missed for a lot of these other guys. And you can't, oh, like, you can't artificially recreate a window because the audience has already been conditioned to decide where they stand in their eyes. And another piece of news that might end up having an effect on New Japan, certainly the strong shows in the United States, 16 CML guys through a whole bunch of bureaucratic snafus uh, had their visas canceled or dropped or not good. And so there are a, a lot of guys, it's going to take a while because it's all red tape and things but for them to get visas to work in the United States. It doesn't keep them from working in Japan. That's a whole separate uh, thing. So if they wanted to bring somebody over for super juniors or G1, that this doesn't really get in the way of that. But it will anything, affect Windy City, it will affect resurgence. Yeah, at, and at it's it, it might and, not affect resurgence, but you have to plan for it affecting resurgence. And this is by no means any kind of complete list at all. There are, I believe there are 16 different guys, but Hechicero's on there, Templario, Soberano Jr., uh, and uh, Mascara Dorada, just a lot of people that we were kind of hoping to see more of <laughs> that right. doesn't look like they'll be able to work in the United States for until the red tape gets all cleared out. And that's really unfortunate. And, and it looks like it was just uh, more confusion than malevolence, that there was just issues trying to get visas and they had to be pulled back because something wasn't done correctly. And now these guys are kind of out in the cold a little bit. They can work Canada for AEW. That's still a possibility. But again, doing anything with uh, New Japan strong in the United States, it looks like that's going to be on hold for a lot of the guys that we really enjoyed seeing at Fantastic Mania. Yeah, I honestly, it sucks because there were a lot of guys heating up and a lot of talent heating up for that matter. And you, you kind of like a bureaucratic snafu guy working in the office that wasn't working there anymore like how how can you like handicap the careers of so many people and just not be like sorry guys you were just on the hottest streak you've ever had in your life but you know maybe in four months we get to pick up where you left off you gotta be so frustrated yeah definitely is and i hope that there wasn't any malicious intent on anyone's part to like hamstring these careers because Everybody is going for the bag. And there were a lot of people that were starting to get some real attention. And, you know, the Kingo and Taruth and a couple of the other guys, they were making their name up and then they're starting to get hurt and disappear. And there was a demand for this for for Lucha Libre and CMLL was starting to take that uh, take that opportunity. And they were making all these demands, like AAA talent can't be anywhere near whatever show and whatever. And it's just one of those, like, if you can't deliver now, it's like, are, are these deals still going to be able to work in a couple of months, or are they going to move on to the next thing? And it's just the timing couldn't be worse. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, it's just one of those deals where it can get cleared up, but it's up to somebody sitting at a desk in some office building somewhere to get to it. It's not, you know, there's no sense of urgency on it to get these uh, visas done. Unfortunately, they're just going to have to wait and see how it goes. So business call for Bushy Road. Now, this is I want to bring this up, especially it, it pertains to some of Dunstan's questions about 
who they should bring in, who they shouldn't, what's the state of the of the business. Uh, he also says, by the way, should Sonata and Tana take a break? Well, Tana, Tana has to. Uh, Tana is uh, hurt to the point he has to. Sonata, maybe so. I mean, maybe after he's out of the I, – I don't think he will, uh, but uh, it would probably be a good idea to take a bit of a break. But again, you know, with uh, it, it's just not a wealth of people coming in, uh, but uh, it might be a good idea for him to take some time off and get healthy because we saw at the end of that Naito match that injury was really affecting him. But, uh, you know, that, that also that ethos in Japan is still different. In the United States is a little bit better about guys – sitting out and recovering before coming back and just, you know, taking time off. Uh, the Japanese thing is still just like, if you can, if you can get in the ring, you do. So it's, it's still, it's not healthy, but it is uh, still that, uh, that ethos, ethos there. But we had a bit of a call, a business call. As it turns out, once all the numbers were computed, uh, pro wrestling is about 13% of the Bushi road business. As it turns out, uh, so I'm getting all this from uh, some uh, things that were printed in the Observer last week, also. Uh, and it, but the wrestling business was down 14.9 percent from Q4 of 2022 to Q4 of 2023. So it dropped to almost 15 percent year over year. And uh, the company put most of that on Stardom for having a rough fourth quarter. Uh, I believe both fewer shows and some pretty weekly attended ones mm -hmm. when everybody in stardom was hurt. Uh, but, you know, it wasn't a stellar time for either uh, end of it. I also mentioned... They uh, also didn't have historic X over last year when they had it the year before. So. Uh, there were a bunch of things. And, you know, the thing is, too, Q4 is always the weakest quarter of the year because first quarter has Wrestle Kingdom. So that one's mm -hmm. set. Uh, there are big shows in the second quarter uh of the year that's where you kind of get uh sometimes sakura genesis slips over into there and you get Dontaku. you also get a little bit of super juniors third quarter has g1 so that one's and that one's pretty good and the fourth quarter you're kind of in that little weird holding pattern thing for a while where you get like the tag tournament and and all that so see if you can take a couple shows in there to to, yeah. to do some extra money <laughs> and, and on the start of man similarly the five-star grand prix is in the third quarter, like G1 is, and then things kind of quiet down a little bit until they get to their big show, although their big show is in December. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it, anyway, business, it's just rough. So the end being down and business down quarter, year over year in Q4 from 14.9%, uh, and then from July to September, uh, or excuse me, from July to December, uh, so backing up the six-month run, revenue down 4% uh, year over year. So, uh, and overall business for Bushy Road was rough. This is a rough earnings call. It wasn't very pleasant for anyone involved in there. So right. Bushy Road is a whole down, uh, the wrestling part of it down, but wrestling is 13%. So there's still 87% of the Bushy Road business that comes from games, toys, and licensing and all those kind of things. So uh, either way, uh, there could be better news and we hope for better days ahead. <laughs> there could also be more belt tightening. Yes. They're just good. I mean, again, you know, that, that, yeah. And so if we're, we're talking about what, who are they going to bring in? Are they going to get this new exciting guy? And that just goes back to my point of like, push the friggin' young guys you got. Just do it. I mean, they're already there. You're already paying them. You don't have to pay a whole bunch of money to a guy that's doing cocaine and smoking weed and then coming to Japan where the drug laws are, are much harsher here. What what are you thinking? And then, you know, and Nemeth, yeah. I don't, again, I, Nick Nemeth had a good match. I like Nick Nemeth. He is a talented dude, but again, 
He's over 40. He hasn't been uh, in the mix in WWE for a long time. He beats the guy. He's got a goal prove something to himself and to the world that doesn't necessarily align with the goals of New Japan. And New Japan's goals need to be about making New Japan as strong as possible. That's my fundamental problem with the global title booking of Nemeth right now is that it does nothing towards stabilizing the infrastructure of building up the undercard of the talent that needs to become made of that talent. There you go. And uh, let's see. Uh, did we get every, all the questions? I, want, I just wanted to see. Uh, I did forget a match that uh, I did oh, a last scan. And we have Taiji Ishimori versus Jacoby Watts. If you have Honor Club, you have the honor of watching that match tonight on Ring of Honor, airing probably in about 20 minutes. Okay. There you go. So Dunson says it doesn't feel must see. Yeah. That's, yeah. Nah, you think that's a fair point? Now, we have the anniversary show coming up, so we'll be back in a week. And we're not wrapping up right yet. There's one thing I want to do before we go. But, uh, of course, this is the uh, March 6th is uh, Wednesday. That's uh, going to be the anniversary show. March 7th, Thursday morning, will be uh, night two of the New Japan Cup. Some matches back there at Cork and Hall. And we will cover all of those and preview uh, the myriad of shows that are coming up the week after. So the business is about to pick up as far as the schedule goes in uh, New Japan. We're going to be a lot busier watching wrestling instead of just talking about it but uh and uh we also have uh that anniversary show again i mentioned Oda war gymnasium is the 52nd anniversary i decided to look back jeremy at history and take a look at the very first one it's on the notes like the, the anniversary show isn't just anniversary ish it's march 6th that was march 6 1972 was the very first new japan show it was in Oda war gymnasium uh, so, uh, would you like to hear a little bit more about that very first show? I absolutely would, Stephen. All right. Uh, so what we had that day, again, Antonio Inoki had been one of the bigger stars for the JWA, Japanese Wrestling Association, and uh, he got fired because they got word that he was thinking of striking out on his own. There were a lot of issues with management in JWA. Remember, the other big star from JWA was Giant Baba, who also left and uh, told him to kiss off and formed All Japan, also in 1972. So JWA was having a lot of trouble with its top stars. But apparently Anoki maybe wasn't as discreet as Baba was and got fired before he could uh, leave. But this was going to happen anyway. Uh, the, the, he didn't form New Japan because he was fired. He got fired because he was going to form New Japan. They uh, built up the first show. He had a couple of guys from the JWA, some other people, but it goes to show how reliant... Japanese wrestling was on the native Japanese versus foreigner uh, motif. The, that whole uh, that whole thing. That, and, and the very first card drew 5,000 people to the Oda War gym. So it shows you that, uh, that he was a star and he was a big deal and people were anticipating this. They did not start from the bottom. They started with a 5,000 seat. Uh, it, well, it's not a 5,000 seat building. It's larger than that, but they put 5,000 people in it. For the very first show, March 6th, 1972. The very first match in New Japan history was El Furioso uh, defeating Tatsumi Fujinami in four minutes and 20 seconds. So Tatsumi Fujinami uh, had already wrestled a little bit for JWA, but he went with Inoki, and that turned out to be a good move because, of course, he became one of the all-time legends of Japanese wrestling. Uh, This was very early in his career, essentially a young lion. El Furioso was uh, Tony Romano, who was a wrestler who worked 
all over. I mean, Mid-Atlantic, Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, like one of those guys from, from the United States. He came over as El Furio. So uh, second match was Ivan Kamarov uh, beating Osamu Kito. And uh, Osamu Kito was uh, the guy that uh, just passed away not all that long ago. We talked about him here on the show. He was one of the main trainers in uh, New Japan. Shinsuke right, Nakamura, right, right. Ryusuke Taguchi, uh, heavily uh, trained by uh, Kito and a lot of others. But those are two guys in particular. Uh, so yeah, uh, and I, Kamarov is uh, a journeyman too from the United States. Uh, Shoji Kai defeated the Brooklyn Kid. Now that was Mike Conrad, a guy who worked mostly for the Worldwide Wrestling Federation, the WWWF in uh, the Northeast. So again, almost every match on the show, in fact, I'm looking at it, yes, uh, every match on the show was a Japanese versus a foreigner uh, on the very first show. Uh, Inca Peruano and Katsuhisa Shibata ended without a winner in a double countout, 17 minutes and 10 seconds. And yes, that is Katsuyori Shibata's father. So Katsuhisa Shibata was on the very first show there. And uh, Inca Peruano was uh, Victor Tamayo, uh, also uh, Tamayo Soto. He wrestled in Georgia, Tennessee, Mid-Atlantic, all that. So that's who they were booking with. Their alliance uh, with the WWF hadn't solidified yet. Uh, Inoki knew those guys. And of course, you know, like I mentioned, Mike Conrad had worked for them, but he was booking guys that had worked all over the South, mostly at this point. It was the late seventies when they really started working heavily with Vince McMahon senior and uh, booking uh, guys like, you know, Bob Backlund coming over and, and Pedro Morales and things like that, the real WWF star and Andre the giant, you know, they, you know, they didn't have that as in at the first show yet. After that, it was Kotetsu Yamamoto and Tayono Bori. Uh, Tayono Bori, one of the big stars from the JWA also. They defeated the Durango brothers, John Durango and Jim Durango, by disqualification uh, in uh, one match. It was a two-fall-to-one, uh, best of three. Now, John Durango was a guy named Daryl Cochran, who had worked all over, a journeyman, but Jim Durango. Jim Durango was Bullet Bob Armstrong. Hey. So one of the all-time legends of Georgia wrestling and Southeast wrestling down in Alabama and Mississippi, uh, Bullet Bob. And of course, uh, Road Dogg's father, uh, Brad Armstrong's father, uh, you know, the whole Armstrong clan right there. He was the, he was the uh, patriarch of that. So uh, yeah, John Durango on the very first New Japan show uh, and Jim Durango, Bullet Bob Armstrong. And uh, the other one, let's see, uh, in the end, the last match, and this is something that uh, we wouldn't see a lot of over the years, but Antonio Inoki lost a singles match in the main event of the first New Japan show to Carl Gotch. So Gotch was uh, a big name, probably drew most of that house with Inoki. Inoki was a huge star. Carl Gotch was one of the legends of Japan already in 1972. So that was a big get for Antonio Noki to bring Carl Gotch in. And uh, he did put Gotch over there. Uh, so that was just a little sign of uh, respect for Gotch. Did you take uh, a Gotch-style pile driver? I don't, I don't know. I've never seen film of that. I don't, I'm not sure there's film of the very first show. Uh, but that would be an interesting thing. But that is where that came from, by the way. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Inoki ended up getting his first win in New Japan over Armstrong, Jim Durango, in uh, Takasaki, Gunma. Uh, at the city gym uh, a few days later at the second show. And after that, they began touring around. They went to the, a lot of towns you hear about today. Ehime was in there, Ibaraki, Kanagawa, Saitama. These are all places we'll be seeing throughout the year in uh, New Japan. So they were, they were touring. And Inoki, after that original singles match, mostly put himself in tag matches in the main event 
two out of three falls and his team was almost always the winner at that point you know, you can put himself over there. Uh, Gotch only worked a couple of matches on that, on that tour just to kind of get them started. But the group that I just read off was basically the troop for the first 14 shows that that was the, the opening series is what the tour was called the opening series. And that was mostly the troop. They just kind of rotated the opponents around uh, for the most part. And uh, mostly Anoki in a tag match on top against two foreigners and uh, with Anoki winning in the end. And uh, the tour wrapped up on April 6th, uh, in, back in Saitama again for Anoki and Shibata as the team over Inca Peruano and John Durango. And yeah, I mean, what you basically had was them rotating around the heels versus the the the, uh, the heels, the heel foreigners, the Gaijin against the native Japanese. So it was very much all about uh, the, the native Japanese wrestlers fending off the foreign uh, heels. And when Japanese did wrestle other Japanese, it was usually very early on the card, and it was a very scientific match. Handshakes, no rule breaking. Uh, you know, if it went to a draw, handshakes afterwards and bows and that type of thing, very respectful uh, as to be the contrast for the more crass and uh, perhaps a little bit of a subtle heel cheating uh, Americans and, and uh, uh, you know, other people, it wasn't only Americans. There were, uh, I think some of these guys were portrayed as being uh, Mexican from around the world, you know, the, sure. the competition from all over the world. But uh, the Japanese always portrayed as the sportsman-like baby faces and the foreigners, a little less so. So that's how uh, New Japan began. That was their very first tour, the opening series, 1972. Uh, some familiar names, like I said, Shibata, Kido, Inoki, Toyonobori, and uh, some familiar names that uh, were going under different names. So Bob Armstrong and, and, uh, and such. So Carl Gotch, of course, and uh, still a legend in Japan. Never see, I, I never seem to realize just how intertwined the history of new Japan is to the rest of pro wrestling. The minute they hit the ground running, they began to have connections everywhere. And it became very, very important. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking at some point during the show, we had already gone past the cup, but part of the booking, I'm kind of wondering if Evil beats Shingo and then we get Evil and Zack Sabre Jr. at some point. But Evil and Zack Sabre Jr. for the never open weight title would be way more interesting than Shingo versus uh evil for the never open weight title and i know that they're trying to get that saber jr to that next level so if that happens it's not entirely out of the question anyone watching right now and commenting on youtube before we go we got a couple more minutes do you all have your picks for who's going to win the new japan cup yeah who do you think is going to win the thing i'd like to know that too and while we're waiting for that to come in jeremy uh ole anderson passed away this past week yes uh, yeah. One of the all-time uh, legends, of course, in uh, the Carolinas and in Georgia, and someone who, uh, read Dave Meltzer's biography, listen to the Wrestling Observer Radio to hear how Ole weaved through some of the most important times and places in pro wrestling history. If you want to talk about late 70s, early 80s, when everything changed, from the territories to the national expansion of the WWF and WCW, Ole found his way in, around, within, and a huge part of all of that. Remember, we, we don't get Black Saturday when the WWF shockingly took over the TBS time slot without Ole Anderson being such a dick to the Briscoes that they sold the company <laughs> out from under. Uh, you know, so uh, there's all kinds of history there to go into. Ole Anderson did not have a tie to New Japan. He did wrestle in Japan a tiny bit 
but he mostly stayed in the United States, but it was for IWE, the International Wrestling Enterprise, which was the third company that came up kind of out. Well, it was, it was around before the JWA went bust, but after the JWA, everybody split. Baba went and formed All Japan and Oki to New Japan. The IWE was around. There were three big companies. There were more than that, but those were the three big ones. And that's who he worked for. So uh, not, a, not a New Japan guy, but uh, he did run into some people that would uh, you know, Mighty Inoue, Animal Hamaguchi, uh, yeah, well, a strong Kobayashi, uh, who would, of course, be a big part of New Japan in the future. So uh, Mighty Inoue ended up going to All yeah. Japan, so to Russia Kimura. So, you know, that, that type of thing. And it was mostly Gene and Ole Anderson that went over for a tour. But uh, it was it's worth mentioning because, you, like you said, New Japan is intertwined with the history of wrestling. Everybody influences everybody. And so, you know, I... I the Andersons, I, I, it was worth mentioning Ole Anderson uh, passing away this past week. Just an influential guy overall in, in pro wrestling, particularly in the Carolinas and Georgia. Yeah, uh, definitely worth mentioning. And the impact that he had on wrestling are felt to this day. Uh, both good for better and for, bad, for both, better and for worse. Yeah. Both good and bad. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but Cody Rhodes, you know, like you could yeah. trace him all the way back. And you're right. So, He's right. I mean, it... it you can make the case that Dusty isn't quite Dusty without Ole, you know, you know, and there are other heels that Dusty came up against, of course, you know, all the guys in Florida when he first turned babyface and things, but uh, Ole was a big part of Dusty's history and what made him a legend out there. You know, you, you yeah. got to have the the darkness so that the light shines brighter. And and Ole yeah. was the Ole was the darkness in that. And uh, keep in mind, he had he was a man of contradictions in that he was at times a great booker who didn't think Ricky Steamboat was a main event talent and who and who bragged about firing Hulk Hogan, which I'm not sure you brag about considering he's one of the biggest draws in history. But, uh, you know, Ole, you know, like I said, they also said one of the, one of the big grumps in history, Ole hates Santa Claus and ice cream. I've heard a few times. Curmudgeonly, I think is what Brian and Dave were talking about. Oh yeah. I want to be yelling cantankerous over and over and over again. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a conversation with that guy about really you, you, you had to define too much on air. <laughs> uh, let's find the spare. Let's find that hair and let's split it. <laughs> All right. I don't know if we're gonna get any more predictions in the uh, in the comments there. So maybe uh, we'll, no, uh... I had about 15 people privately message me and tell me that I'm a genius. Oh, the TJP. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's a bunch of people in my DMs right now just telling me what a great, like, what what brilliance I have in my booking mind is unparalleled. So we'll just go with that. They all think I'm right. We'll know next time we're here. Like we'll know next time. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna eat a uh, I'm gonna be sipping a giant glass of iced tea or eating a <laughs> giant bag of eggs. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well. If that's not a good way to end this one, I don't know what is. Stay Absolutely. tuned, folks. So uh, don't forget about the Dynamite Show. Don't forget about Power Bombshells on Sunday. Don't forget about the Five Star Joshi Show. Thanks, Scott Edwards, for joining us. Five Star Joshi Show. Uh, this is the time to listen to that one, by the way. This time of transition in uh, Japanese women's pro wrestling. Uh, Venkin is here. Oh, good. Jeremy picking a TJP beats Finlay moment. Okay, there you go. He likes it. Uh, so, uh, thanks to everybody who joined in and, but make sure you check out those pro those programs. We're in the run up to WrestleMania. Listen to the rap. Listen to, there's a lot of great stuff on the fight Observe game. Media Network. This, the GG show. There's yes. Yeah, and if you want I mean, to join the discord where you can have more conversations with like-minded people 
Email gg at fightgamemedia.com. He will send you a personalized invite to join the Discord. It is the only way to join the Discord. It is a closed Discord, but if you listen to our shows, that is the magic entrance to it and such. Steven, thank you for another episode of Speaking of Strong Style. You are a fantastic co-captain along. Oh, well, thanks, man. I enjoyed it, and uh, as always. So we will be back uh, right here again next Thursday to talk about the first two nights of the tour, look ahead at everything else. We'll have a little information as to where this thing might be going. So is Jeremy a fool or a genius? We'll know in seven short days. How, do, how come I can't be both? Maybe, maybe you are. With that in mind, thanks once again for listening and watching. He's Jeremy Feinstone. I'm Stephen Conway. Thanks for joining us for Speaking of Strong Style, and we'll talk to you again real soon.